All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm doing something a little bit different. Um, it is early Monday morning, and I was in this passage from Acts 3 and 4 yesterday morning. Actually, it was um, we were in church, and our pastor uh, pulled this up, and we read the entire chapter, and then he had a fantastic sermon about it. But I wanted to share some thoughts with you in regards to um, men seeking freedom from pornography. And uh, so, uh, you know, obviously we, we need to look at this in context. And when this was happening, this was uh, Peter and John, after they had received power from on high, the gift of the Holy Spirit, they were God's apostles, they were his disciples, and here they were going out in power to proclaim the gospel, like they were building the early church. And so let's look at this. And if you want to follow along, I'm sharing my notes uh, in, a, in a bit of a different way on YouTube. So you can go there and check it out and uh, you'll see exactly uh, the notes that I've taken and uh, follow along. And I'm going to take some more notes and underline some things. So Let's start. Acts 3.1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's about 3 p.m. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Now later in chapter 4, we realize that this man is 40 years old. So he's been crippled from birth. And so just imagine his parents, his family, taking him to... Uh, this spot for 20 some odd years so that he could beg. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk and he took them by the right hand and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So imagine that, all right? This is <laughs> this is something amazing. Like what in the world? This we've no, like we have literally seen this guy asking for money for 20 some odd years and here he is dancing and singing and praising God and leaping. What is going on? They were amazed. They were filled with wonder. And so what are some thoughts? Like what are just the things that we notice from this story? Well, number one, we know that he was lame from birth and that he was begging for money every single day. And he asked two of God's servants, Peter and John, for money. And they said, look at us. And so he turns to them expecting money. And Peter answers, I will not give you what perishes. In other words, like, listen, I don't, this is not what you really need. You don't need money. I'm going to give you something far superior, like far greater. 
So Peter gives him healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And he lifts him up, and God gave him strength. And so what is his response? Well, he starts doing what he could not do before. He begins walking and leaping and praising God. And others saw and were amazed at his transformation, right? So these are the, these are the facts of the story. And so when I, when I sat there and I was thinking about this yesterday morning, I was like, who received glory from this story, from this healing of the lame man? Well, Jesus Christ did, right? Because Peter and John were quick to give Jesus Christ the credit, like it's his name. I'm not giving you silver or gold, but I'm going to give you healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And so what did the man do? Well, he worshiped and he testified to God's grace and power. Did he go back to begging? This is the question. Did he go back to begging? We don't read that he went back to begging. And it didn't look like he was upset that he was walking and dancing and praising God. Like, like if he did go back to begging, he would have had to pretend that he was crippled. Right? So think about that. He would have had to pretend to be lame. So what's the point? This is what I was thinking about yesterday morning. Like Once this man came into contact with the one and only Jesus Christ, he was liberated from his brokenness. And I started thinking about, I started actually thinking about the man in John 5, the cripple in John 5, when Jesus saw him and said, do you want to get well? And this is a question that every man is asked. Like, do you really want to get well? And I mentioned in the podcast earlier this weekend uh, that I recorded on Saturday just about a friend of mine who finally came to me and said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of struggling with pornography and masturbation because, and I remember, Spencer, you telling me a man has to decide that he wants to get well. Like, we try to fool ourselves all of the time by saying, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I received an email from a brother in Christ who said, I hate my sin, yet at times my sin is premeditated, so I must not hate it that much. Man, isn't, isn't that our experience? Yes, we say we hate it, but if we're to objectively step back and look at it, do we really hate it? And so what I want you to see here is that this man, I'm going to do it in a different color here, this man received a new identity. He was no longer the lame man. No more lame, no more cripple, no more beggar. He was free to walk and dance and praise God. He was free to do those things. And so... I wrote, if we have met Jesus truly, we have strength and we can praise and walk and dance. But if we find ourselves crippled in the prison of porn, it's only because we have ignored the gospel. And so I remember Spurgeon made this quote, uh, something about like when, we're, when we are trapped in sin, we are like prisoners sitting in a dungeon with the cell door opened. Like it's, it's open and we stay there ourselves. And so if you're a follower of Christ and you're listening to this, I want you to understand you 
were once cripple and lame and had no hope and no help and were begging and you have been set free by the power of Christ. And you have a new identity. Now, you may have realized this, and at some point in your life, when you came to faith in Christ, especially if it was later on in life, you knew what it was to dance and to sing and to praise God. But now you find yourselves back cripple, wondering if God hears you distant from God, thoughts of depression, suicidal thoughts. I know I receive emails from brothers who talk about this struggle. They hate it so much. They hate being trapped. But I want you to know, brother, you have been set free. And so, like, what changed in this man? Well, he was freed because of the power of Jesus Christ, and it was the gospel it was the Gospels that death, it was the life and the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that this power came from his servants and healed this man. And when you and I are stuck in habitual sin, we have taken our eye off of the Gospel. We have not believed in the Gospel. We have ignored the Gospel. We have taken our eyes off of Jesus. And so, Peter points the people, so the people were amazed, and he points them back to the gospel in Jesus Christ. And so they were asking, they're like, what in the world is going on? And so Peter gives a gospel address, and he's like, you know, by faith in his name, in Jesus Christ, he has made this man strong, who, who you see and no, the faith that is strong in Jesus has given this man perfect help in the presence, health in, in the presence of you all. And so he calls them to repent. He's like, you were giving approval of the, of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and you were acting in ignorance. Repent, therefore, turn back for, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And so what is the gospel? Like, brother, you and I need this every single day. The gospel is God the Father glorified Jesus Christ, his Son, by sending him by sending him to us as our sacrifice. And by faith in Jesus, we can repent of our sins and receive forgiveness and everlasting life. And this message never changes. Like the gospel never changes. It must be believed and applied every single day. And so when I look at this gospel message, I see that I need faith. Like I have to believe that Jesus is who he, who he says he is. I must repent I must trust in Christ. I must obey. All of these are God-glorifying things that come out of my new identity in Christ. And the, the point is, like, when, when we see the man dancing and singing and praising God, the point is, is that God is glorified, Jesus Christ is glorified, and other people take notice. This is what Paul talks about. Like, when, like you need to be able to give an account or give a testimony when people look at you and say, what is going on with you?
And that's exactly what they were doing here. And so this was not like met with great applause and people were super excited. I mean, the people were, 5,000 people were added to the church, but the, the establishment was not, the world was not. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and, and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men that came, and the number of the men came to about five thousand. So this is what I wrote in my notes. If you're if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see this. When the gospel changes a man, he must expect enemies from within and enemies from without to attack. Like, the world does not want you to experience freedom in Christ. And it definitely does not want you to testify to that freedom. And so you're going to have enemies from within. This is indwelling sin. This is your flesh. And you're going to have enemies from without. The pull of the world, the culture at large, and our enemy, Satan himself. Like, the enemy of our soul doesn't like gospel freedom. But the good news is salvation is not in the hands of a man, but it's in the hand of God. And so, let me keep going here. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired. So these are the rulers saying, by what power and what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. And so Peter again, gospel message. Very, very simple, simple gospel message. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I want to tell you right here, brother, just as there is salvation in no one else, I'm underlining this, there is also no sanctification by anyone else. Your sanctification, your growth in Christ, your expansion as a man, and your expansion as a leader in your family, in the community, in the church, in your business, It comes from Jesus Christ. And this is why we must have the gospel every single day. If you've not experienced any growth in Christ, if you've not experienced the sanctifying power of knowing Christ, then that may be a problem. And when they saw this, they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men, and they were astonished. 
and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That's it. These enemies did not like the truth. They hated it, and they attempted to change the storyline, but they couldn't. The evidence was too strong. He once was crippled for 40 years, and now he walks and dances and praises God. I just thought about when I wrote that, I was thinking, he, I once was lost, but now am found. Like, isn't that beautiful? And so they said, hey, what are we going to do with these guys? And they were like, well, what we, what we need to do is tell them not to speak anymore. Let's warn them. Let us warn them to speak no more in this name. So they called them in and charged them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, <laughs> this is great, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the, pe- because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Like, for a man who has found freedom, true freedom, true freedom, like not only salvation and like removal of the penalty of your sin forever, but brother, once you have had, once you have freedom and sanctification from your habitual sins, I believe that you will become more bold to speak about them. And God will use that. God will use you boasting in your weakness. Now, when I speak to you, what I hope you don't ever hear is that I have achieved some great thing. Like, this is not, this is not, something that I did. It's not because I have superior willpower. I don't have superior self-discipline. As a matter of fact, I, I don't have those things. It is the power of Christ that has freed me. And it's, and it's because, like, this is, this is how it's happened. Like, I have just, I've had to come back and back and back and back to the gospel. Like, I can't stop. I have to come back to the gospel. And so when they went back, what did they do? They prayed for boldness. Peter and John prayed for boldness. They sat down with the church. They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made heaven and the earth, and the sea, and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, and he quotes Psalms 2, why did did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate along with the gentiles and the apostle and the peoples of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place so 
this did not catch them by surprise. Like this was, this was spoken about from the prophets hundreds of years earlier. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Man, praise God. So, brother... This is this is my prayer for you is that you would continually turn to the gospel every single day. Like you need the gospel more than you need to watch the next episode of whatever show you're watching. You need the gospel more than you need social media. You need the gospel more than you need anything, water, food, whatever the case is, like these are all reminders. (laughs) Jesus is the bread of life. Through him comes the living water. Like we need the gospel more than we need anything else. And so my encouragement to you is to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to get in the habit of coming before the Lord and spending time in His presence. That's the most rewarding thing, is spending time in His presence. Like reading the Word, thinking about the Word, meditating on the Word, journaling the Word. Like what you've seen, if you're looking at this on YouTube, all you're seeing is are my notes that I've written over. I wrote some of them in church yesterday, and then I wrote the rest of them this morning as I was just reading here thinking, and I decided, well, I could probably just share my screen and share this with you. This is like, this is just the gospel. That's all it is. And the gospel is what frees us not only from the penalty of sin and death and gives us eternal life, but it frees us from the power of sin. So, all right, brothers, time to get ready for the day. Go work out and get to work. Hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day.